was a very clear sense of us and them. And eventually you have things like the doors are going to perform Light My Fire on the Ed Sullivan Show and they get asked to delete the word higher. 1967. Ed Sullivan was the number one show in America and one of the only places to see rock and roll. Light My Fire is the number one song in America and the doors are invited. 15 minutes before showtime, somebody comes into the dressing room and says to us, uh, we have a problem, boys. Network won't let you say higher on national television. And Jim said to him, what are we supposed to say? And he looks at Jim and he said, well, you're the poet. Why don't you come up with something? Wire, flyer. Jim's about to hit the guy. And I grabbed his hand and said, no, 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 for God's sake. So I said to the man, okay, 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 listen, here's what we're going to do. We will change the lyric. And he said, okay, I knew you were the sensible one. That's good. He walks out the door. Jim and John and Robbie come to me and say, we're not changing the lyric. I said, well, sir, it just came up. Ed Sullivan wanted you for six more performances. You'll never work the Ed Sullivan show. What do you think of that? And then Jim looked at him and said, hey, man, so what? We just did the Ed Sullivan Again, I go back to the emotion of the Hollywood Bowl. That was the fun part, playing the keys with, uh, with John Densmore and Jim Morrison and Robbie Krieger, genius Krieger on guitar, guy who wrote Light My Fire, Morrison and those lyrics. God almighty, those great, great lyrics. This is the end, beautiful friend. What a time, man. Brings a tear to my eye just thinking about it, you know. It was, it was fabulous. It was our youth. We were in the prime of our youth. Never to be ever again for this guy. This body will never do that again. But it's always up here. Always up here. Right here. <clears throat> my guys. My band. Boy, was it fun. Not easy to play on a Vox Continental. Now I'm playing this on a Fender Rhodes, uh, not a keyboard bass, but a Fender Rhodes piano, which is what makes the uh, rain sound sound so good.
doesn't work on this, but nonetheless, that's, that's the configuration. Hi, I'm Rayman Zarek from The Doors. I just wasn't that brilliant of a musician, so it was... Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. The gentleman that I'm talking about tonight was a budding filmmaker, but first and foremost was a musician. But it was at the UCLA Film School that he met a kindred spirit, James Douglas Morrison. And the gentleman that I'm talking about was born February 12, 1939, Raymond Daniel Manzarek Jr. He died on May 20th, 2013. 10 years ago. Manzarek was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1993 as a member of The Doors. He was a co-founding member of Night City from 1977 to 1978 and Manzarek Krieger from 2001 until his death in 2013. USA Today described him as one of the best keyboardists ever. And I agree right there with that. He was born in Chicago, Illinois. He was a keyboardist. He was aficionado. He was a conjurer. And it was at that UCLA film program he met James Douglas Morrison, Jim Morrison. And then he got together with John Densmore and Robbie Krieger and formed The Doors. I played for you just a tidbit of an instrumental of The Crystal Ship from the first Doors album released in 1967 as well as countless interviews about those infamous moments on Ed Sullivan when they were told not to say the word higher because of the drug implications of Light My Fire. The Beatles that year were doing All You Need Is Love, but the Doors were like, Light My Fire, honey. It was a different kind of love, to quote the Doors. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know, yes... Jim Morrison was the front man of the doors. But for me, the fearless leader and musician of the doors was Ray Manzarek because he was playing bass on the organ. And then he's playing these wild organ solos. Most famous, Light My Fire and Break On Through to the Other Side. There's something magical and dark about the doors. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you get into the doors right now and you're 57 years old, good luck. It's going to really cleanse the doors of perception for you sonically. If you listen to the doors and you're a teenager, you're going to have the same impact. The first time I really got into the doors, I believe I was in college. And um, I want to give credit where credit is due. And it was the era of CDs. You could burn CDs. And I'd always seen pictures of the doors. You know, you'd go to like Spencer's and they'd have that black light poster of Jim Morrison, which I had. But I didn't listen to the doors. And then enter our family friend, Kevin Klein, friend of my brothers and myself. And he brings over these CDs. Remember those? And he goes to play video games with my brother. And I'm sitting in my room and I have this brand new e-machine. This was in 2002. (laughs) And 
what did I do? I burnt all the CDs that he had and made copies, backed them up digitally, and I got into the doors and I started listening to all the doors and he and I would talk about that. I had a, a poetry book of the doors after that. I bought the, the DVD, watched all the videos, immersed myself in the music of the doors. I remember staying up late that summer and just listening to the doors all night long. It was amazing, you know, waiting for the sun, Spanish caravan, the crystal ship, break on through to the other side, the end when the music's over. But it was through that very magnificent keyboard playing and bass playing of Mr. Ray Manzarek. Ray Manzarek lived to tell the tale as did John Densmore and Robbie Krieger. Jim Morrison did not. Jim Morrison died 50, oh geez 52 years ago in 1971 in Paris under very mysterious circumstances. I lit a candle just for this moment because we're talking about a man who conjured on the keys. Mr. Raymond Daniel Manzarek. I, I am such a fan of The Doors. I absolutely love... I mean, they're one of the few bands where you can go and, and you find all these nuggets. They would put out these albums. 1967, first album. Um, you know, I mean... I also, I also want to mention that Ray also did some of the music videos later on. But as we go over to The Doors, The Doors, you know, they were from, nineteen, I think, 1965 to 1971. And they tried to continue after the death of Jim Morrison, but it didn't happen. It didn't, it didn't feel the same. The essence wasn't there. First album, 1967, followed by Strange Days that same year. Waiting for the Sun, 1968. The Soft Parade, 1969. Morrison Hotel, 1970. L.A. Woman, 1971. They just churned them out. And um, it, it was a magical time. And uh, Ray Manzarek, though, I mean, you know, he'd do backing vocals. He would do the keyboard. If you look over here, it says keyboards. Organ, backing and lead vocals. 1965 to 1973, 78. But at the forefront of that sound was Mr. Ray Manzarek. This is Ray talking about that magic. And I thought, these are terrific, man. These, these songs are great. We're going to get a rock and roll band together. And he said, Ray, that's exactly what I had in mind. And I said, we're going to make a million dollars on top of it. He said, well, however much we make, man, I just want the life. Well, John and Robbie joined the doors through the Maharishi's meditation. Somebody said, that guy's a drummer. I went up to John and said, hey, man, putting a band together called The Doors. Me and my buddy, we're going to do like jazz and rock, and he's a great poet, and we, look, we need a drummer. And he said, okay. And then a little while later, he said, see that guy over there? That's a guitar player. That's Robbie Krieger. He's a great guitar player. Let's get him in on a two. And that's how it all happened. Robbie Krieger came with the first 
first song he ever wrote, which is Light My Fire. He showed me the chord changes, A minor, to an F sharp minor. But it was a kind of a folk song, and, and Densmore said, no, 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 let's not, let's not do it folk, let's do a jazz, I mean, let's do a Latin thing, so the, the, That's a Latin beat. Then it goes into a hard four. Morrison puts the second verse on. Uh, Our love becomes a funeral pyre. Of course, death enters the equation again. And then I put on the introduction. So uh, everybody put something to it, and that's how the song came, became a Doors song, because everybody put themselves into it. Robbie's flamenco, Densmore's jazz and Latin influence from Southern California, my classical, and then uh, the John Coltrane thing. Coltrane, in my favorite things, doing 3-4 A minor to B minor, we do 4-4, four, four, one, two, three, four. So I solo on it, Robbie solos on it, and now how do we get out of it? Uh, God, we're just going and going. Sometimes in person we'd go 10 minutes on this alone, just keep doing it. How do we get out of it? And Densmore said, let's do a three against four. One, two, three, one, two, three, four. And then where do we go? What do we do? Do we just keep doing that? And Jim said, no, go to that turnaround. Go to that, uh, your introduction, Ray. You know, and oh, right. So everybody sticks something in. That's how Doris wrote songs. You have to be open to the energy. If you can open your heart to the energy, that great love energy of the creation of this entire universe, good things will happen to you. But you've got to believe. You've got to believe in the goodness. You have to open your heart to the energy. You can't be afraid. We're all riders on the storm. God bless you. And that's Ray Manzarek talking about the energy and being open especially for the doors because if you look at the music of the doors and if you listen to it it's the light and it's the dark i mean they were talking about things that other bands weren't talking about such as the oedipus complex the ying and the yang okay funeral pyre they were talking about philosophical things in such a different kind of way with the California sound, but with some jazz, and and it was everything. And to hear Raymond Zarek talk about the Doors, and as well as the mythology of the Doors, um, I think of people we've talked about rock bands, and there's a great mythology to them, especially the ones that where the singer dies or someone integral to the band dies young, which Jim Morrison did leaving the three surviving doors to figure out what the fuck are we going to do? And then enter Apocalypse Now. Francis Ford Coppola purchases 
The Doors music. And I know this because two of the surviving Doors talked about it in an interview with Dan Rather. That was, I, I love that interview because, you know, for them to talk about that, to talk about Jim and everything else in between. Um, and, um, you know, the fact that there's two of them left and that's, that's the legacy of The Doors. Very, very prolific band, but a lot of things going on. Here we go. With Dan Rather featuring The Doors, Robbie Krieger and John Densmore. Eight years after Jim Morrison's death, The Doors gained a whole new generation of fans when Francis Ford Coppola chose their song, The End, for the opening sequence of Apocalypse Now. The End was chosen as more or less the theme song, certainly the opening and close of Apocalypse Now. They actually had the right to use any Doors music they wanted. Uh, so we made that deal with Francis Ford Coppola before they shot the movie. So it was kind of a surprise to me that the end was really the only <laughs> song that they used, especially at the beginning of the movie. But you know, when I went and saw the movie, I was floored. It was just beautiful opening of the movie. You know, the helicopters going by and and my guitar actually starts the whole soundtrack for the movie. Yeah. Love that. Incredibly powerful. I mean, Jim originally wrote it kind of as a love song or goodbye song to his girlfriend. It resonated with the guys in Vietnam. They were going through hell and the song was about darkness. It worked. Yeah, the Doors were one of the few groups in the flower power era. We weren't bound by those rules at all. We, you know, we, we, we talked about a lot of darker things. And I actually wrote a song called Love Me Two Times, which which I envisioned uh, a guy with his girlfriend and and he's going off to Vietnam the next day. So love me two times, I'm going away. And those are the uh, two surviving doors talking about the legacy. Um, but Ray Manzarek, um, when Ray Manzarek died in 2013, it was truly sad because the three of them, you, you know, you think of what they had been through. They had been angry at each other and then at the same time coming back together and saying you know what we have this legacy together as this very magical band the doors were a magical band and yeah you know you got the beatles and you've got the stones and you've got everyone else but the, they weren't talking about what the doors were talking about and i've said before to people you know east and west coast on the West Coast, you've got the Doors, and on the East Coast, you've got the Velvet Underground. And there was a commonality right there because what they were singing about was very hypnotizing, very dark, very visceral, and it got into you. This is an interview with the Doors about their legacy. American rock legend. More than 40 years after the band fronted by Jim Morrison first formed, the Doors are still entertaining audiences. People are strange. 
Most recently with an award-winning documentary. American Masters, When You're Strange, chronicles the group's history using previously unseen footage of all four members. Named after a line in a William Blake poem, the band revolutionized U.S. rock and roll in the late 60s, releasing seven albums in less than five years. first song guitarist Robbie Krieger ever wrote, Light My Fire, went to number one in the Billboard charts. Sadly, Jim Morrison's poetry and unpredictable stage presence came to an untimely end in 1971, when he was found dead in a bathtub in a Paris apartment. Yet, while that meant the end of an era, the Doors remain restlessly creative to this day, helping a new generation break on through to the other side. The doors are your connectors for day. Well, they cut a controversial figure or figures uh, in the 60s with their psychedelic tunes and lyrics. I caught up with uh, members Ray Manzarek and Robbie Krieger a little earlier. And I began by asking them about one of their most contentious TV appearances. Have a listen to this. It's fantastic. Light My Fire is from The Ed Sullivan Show, the actual performance in which we said the word hire and were uh, uh, proscribed by the network. Network said, don't say the word hire on national television. And it's like, what you, hey, what, what are you talking about? So we did it anyway. Jim went ahead. Of course you did. Of course you did. Hire. <laughs> And uh, all the Ed Sullivan people freaked out and told us, you'll never work the Ed Sullivan show ever again. <laughs> and Morrison just kind of sits back and says, hey, man, so what? <laughs> we just did the Ed Sullivan show. And out of that one performance, we're still talking about it. It was 1967. It's still, we're still performing the word higher on national television. <laughs> and it's in the movie. We've got some viewer questions here. Uh, Matt from Sweden uh, says, back in the day, did you realize just how influential and timeless your music was going to be? Oh, I, I don't think you ever know, you know, we, we hoped that it would be. Uh, you know, we knew that our music was just as good as anybody else's. Um, so, you know, we, we had high hopes that it would be. Uh, but, you know, if you asked, would I have thought back then that we'd still be talking about it 40 years later? No. AD from um, NC says, you seem to have always had this intuitive understanding on the, on the sort of cultural zeitgeist of any given time, and the music reflected that. So what do you think about the times we're living in now, and, and how does your music reflect that? I think that each generation gets the music it deserves. And I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Well, I think the times now are, are a little bit like it was in the 60s, you know. We have wars going on and horrible stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we wanted to change all that back in the 60s, and we almost did. Music is the one thing that you can use to, uh, to reach out to the other, you know, the Muslim kids. They love our, our music, you know. Another question from uh, one of the viewers, Ian from Sydney, says, What comes after the end, my friends? He says... 
enlightenment. Mm. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> well, that's for each individual person to find. The object of uh, being alive is to uh, become enlightened, to, uh, to move the energy, here's hippie stuff, Indian, up the chakras on your spine until you get to the top chakra and you break on through to the other side. And then you find out that you are infinite. It's all infinite. Let's talk about Jim. Um, Highly uh, writes to us and says, any regrets about the time that you shared with Jim Morrison, both as a band member and as a friend? Regrets. I, I regret that he's dead. Mm. You know, I mean, that was the, the whole thing is, uh, would you have done anything differently, we're often asked. And yes, we would have done everything we could to keep Jim alive and probably not let him go to Paris. How difficult was it to start touring again, start playing again after his death? Well, it was difficult because, you know, we lost our lead singer and, you know, it wasn't just any lead singer, mm. you know, but, you know, before he left, we'd been still rehearsing and working up new songs, you know, when, when he would have come back. Uh, and we decided to, what the hell, let's go ahead and make another album. And we actually made two more albums after Jim died. And uh, there's some really good stuff on those albums, I think. Had Jim been the singer, those songs would have been considered Doors classics. But without Jim, you know, the uh, songs that we created were great songs, but it was just that that, that vibration of the singer, that lead singer, and given that lead singer was Dionysus reincarnated again, the Greek god Dionysus who's come back on the planet to dance for us, we were without him. So we did a couple of albums and said, oh, let's put it to bed now. Yeah. Now we're back on the road playing together. I was going to say, you're touring again. Exactly. Remember, you're enjoying it still. Exactly. Having a great time. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I get to play Light My Fire with the guy who wrote Light My Fire, and it's a brilliant guitar player, Robbie Krieger. There were a whole bunch of questions from our viewers about, about the sort of conspiracy theories around Jim's death, and I just want to put this one to, to rest with, with you guys. Brent Mopin has written to us, and he says, in the absence of an autopsy, um, do you ever have any suspicions about what happened to him? Sure. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what happened to him. As a matter of fact, a sealed coffin was put in the ground in that cemetery at Père Lachaise in Paris, France, there was a sealed coffin put in the ground. Our manager, was just a kid, he went to Paris, walks into this apartment, and there's a coffin in the living room in this, in this apartment in Paris, in, uh, in the Marais district. And he believed that Jim Morrison was in there. I said, you put a, you didn't see Jim's body? That's, you're the manager, kid. You're supposed to see Jim Morrison dead. And he said, I never saw him dead. And that is Ray Manzarek and Robbie Krieger talking about, like I said, the, the mythology of the doors right there. Because nobody knows what happened in that Paris apartment in 1971. And so 25 years later, after their debut in 1993, the Doors, the surviving Doors, are inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And Eddie Vedder plays with them, singing those famous Doors songs. Here is Manzarek's speech. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Paul and uh, Bruce and Jack. Thank you guys very much. Danny, you did a great job. John Branca, thanks a lot, man. Gary, thanks. My wife, Dorothy, thanks. Cherry, thanks a lot. We are the class, uh, theoretically, the class of 1967. 
And uh, least we forget, 1967 was the summer of love. So please, now that the 90s are here, now that a new administration has taken over, um, from my perspective, now that the fascists are no longer in office, you may not agree with that, but then that's perfectly your right. Uh, your right to dissent is fine. What we're going to do is we're going to try to reinstitute into the 90s the feeling, the spirit of the 60s, the summer of love. All the kids out there, all those kids who are about 20, 23, 25 years old, they all think of 1967 as the, as the summer of love. Love, love, love. That's what it was all about. Remember it? Uh, let's not forget it. Remember getting high? Remember taking the psychedelic substances? Remember feeling a part of the earth, feeling a part of the planet, feeling your brothers, your sisters, white, black, brown, green, purple, red. We are all brothers and sisters made of the same flesh, made of the same energy. That's what the doors are all about. That's what the 60s are all about. Let's try to, in the 90s, let's try to bring all the races together. Can we do that? Yeah? We got together to do poetry and rock and roll, kind of an extension of poetry and jazz, like the beats in the uh, 50s, uh, Kerouac and Ginsberg and uh, McClure and Ferlinghetti. Those are all Jim's influences. John and Robbie and I were into uh, jazz, and uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to take my time and say this. I'm going to do this one time, and that's it. Man. This is never going to happen again, you know? So what I want to do is read you just a little bit of the reason we got together in the first place. This is Jim Morrison. This is for Jim. Awake. Shake dreams from your hair, my pretty child, my sweet one. Choose the day and the sign of your day, the day's divinity, first thing you see. This is about coming out of the void, a soul coming out of the void, choosing its womb door for its reincarnation. This is about all of us choosing who our mother and father, who we're going to be. Awake, shake dreams from your hair, my pretty child, my sweet one. The first thing you see, a vast radiant beach and a cool jeweled moon. Couples naked race down by its quiet side and we laugh like soft, mad children smug in the woolly cotton brains of infancy. The music and the voices are all around us. Choose, they croon, the ancient ones. The time has come again. Choose now, they croon, beneath the moon, beside an ancient lake. Enter again the sweet forest. Enter the hot dream. Come with us. Everything is broken up, and then it sings, and it dances. O great creator of being, O great creator of being, grant us one more hour to perform our art and perfect our lives. An American Prayer, Jim Morrison. So that was Ray Manzarek's speech at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1993. And 20 years later, Ray Manzarek would be gone of leukemia. Huh. 
It's always my pleasure to honor all of the Doors, whether it's their birthday, whether it's it's the day that they put out the first album, because this band is truly magical. There's mythology to it. There is uncertainty. There, you know, the fact that we will never know was Jim Morrison really in that coffin. That's the great mystery mythology of the Doors. But we have, most importantly, is the music. These songs, I mean, that mean so much to all of us from Light My Fire, Break On Through to the Other Side, The Crystal Ship, The End, Soul Kitchen, 20th Century Fox, Strange Days, uh, L.A. Woman, Writers of the Storm, uh, Indian Summer, uh, one of my personal favorites, Wintertime Love, The Doors, in Spanish, Caravan, The Doors had such a magical place, not just in our hearts, but in our minds and in our ears. And I will never forget the first time really immersing myself in them and thinking, okay, this is what it's all about. Yes, my parents raised me on the Beatles. They sang the songs, the monkeys as well, but it was the doors. And I've stressed this many times on the film podcast where I also talk about music because the doors are connected by film and music. I also stress that, you know, this this influential thing that they had, okay? There's you become an individual when you listen to the doors. You realize, ah, this is what it's all about. Breaking on through to the other side. And um Ray Manzarek would have been, oh my goodness, 84 years young today on February 12th, 2023. And so it's been my pleasure to talk about The Doors, to talk about Mr. Ray Manzarek, who went to UCLA, the film program. He had gone to law school, to Paul University. Said, big mistake. <laughs> it was the 60s. Came to Los Angeles and boom, runs into James Douglas Morrison was also in the film program and the rest is doors history as always unpleasant dreams